Hi, I'm Justin Mormon. And I'm Katie Thornton, and this is the Re-Education of Schools podcast. Where we have open, honest conversations about how to better understand social-emotional learning, trauma-informed care, the whys behind student behavior, and how to help kids navigate it all as they go through school and life. Hey, welcome back. Episode three, starting at the bottom. Um, We're really looking to try to start figuring out what this looks like uh, when when we were talking about what we're doing with the yeah. podcast in general. Katie, yeah. I think one of the things you brought up was you felt like this isn't something that's talked about a lot. Yeah, that you kind of you just kind of feel like you know it's it's hey here's how you do you know social emotional learning. This is how you yeah. address trauma. This is how you do it. just go. But you know nobody really talks about yeah how it starts right. How and it- so this is what we're gonna do today. Yeah, I, I am so excited about this episode compared to some of the other ones we're going to talk about because I do feel like... I mean, the other episodes are good, too. Watch the other episodes. Yeah, listen to the other episodes. But I feel like this is... It's not talked about. Like, yeah. people are, like, creating networks. Let's go be trauma-informed. And then you go do the work, and it's hard. Yeah, I think, and, I think people yeah. burn out quick. Yeah. Don't you feel like that's the case? Like, people, yeah. will, they burn out pretty quick. Yeah, it's easy to go back to some old practices because the pressure's on. (laughs) You know, like you have to stay steady. And so now we need – so I'm excited about this episode to talk about how to stay steady Mm. through the storms Yeah, because there's going to be them. People are going to question you. Yeah, People are going to judge you. People are going to talk about you. And people are not going to understand it. Yeah. So then you have to figure out how do I stay steady through the storm because you're creating a shift in adult behavior. And how we're approaching kids. So I think that's the un- part that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's about how hard this is and why you need to start building a support network as you get the work started. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think and hopefully, you know, hopefully people find it helpful. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing, because I think you can feel ultimately on an island. If mm-hmm. if you start, you're probably not starting with, you know, 43 other people. Right. You, you know, you're probably starting yeah. this work um, and coming to a podcast like this and finding yourself in a spot where you're like, I need I need some kind of support. Yeah. Um, OK, so then where do we start? Where do we start with that? Like when yeah. you're uh, when you started your your journey, that sounds real <laughs> personal. I don't know. But when you started your journey um, through all of this, yeah. like how did you like what do you feel like is the place you start? Yeah, I think the first thing, you know, a personal journey. I think you just start building your support network. We're so, going to say person. We're going to we've we've personal, trained, it's, it's journey it, it, it's now. It's a journey. It? It's my journey. I said it once, yeah. and now we're not going to get away from it. Okay, so this journey. Where do you where do you start? So I think you just start your early adopters, like the people that find somebody else. I have yeah. been very lucky that I found. I mean, obviously, here we are, right? <laughs> sure. So, instrumental sure. in how we've how I've gotten here um, but start finding your network I mean I'm lucky I we've got like eight people that really know a lot about this work and within our own building so yeah. um, I'd never be gonna be that lucky but I think just find one other person that can support you like I mean because you need a co-regulator you need somebody to like tell you no you are doing the right thing <laughs> yeah. you need somebody to tell you like small victories let's think about and celebrate that I mean I feel like you do that often with me like yeah. no this is really cool this little thing that just happened that would not have happened a year yeah, ago it's actually a huge deal yeah. and someone to tell you to stay the course so i think um if you're through this with a personal journey if you don't have somebody i think get on a facebook group uh listen to the listen to this podcast or other podcasts <laughs> yeah. out there right there's lots of great books that you can read and start talking about things yeah and i think that was what i was going to ask you because i think you've done a really good job I, my my take is yeah. that you've done a really good job of trying to find people i mean because ideally right we're we're finding people 
people that are just around us already. Like people yeah. that are in our building, like you said, people in the building, people yeah. that you're friends with, people that, you know, you went to yeah. school with, whatever it might be. But sometimes that can't happen or that's not somebody's yeah. setup. I think what you've done a good job of, in addition to finding those people, is is going to those outside sources. Yeah. Um, even like, because I, I know you have even like in-person kind of stuff that you go to or that you're a part of that help. Yeah. That help. That's like, again, your network, your, your group, yeah. your people. Yeah. How, like how did you, and partly personality is probably yeah. a little bit of it, right? Like yeah. I'm not going out personality wise. We will all learn. Yeah. I'm not somebody that's going to probably go out and just start yeah. hanging out with a bunch of educators yeah. in a group trying to uh, build, you know, connections in this way. That's not my yeah. normal natural tendency. That is a little bit more of your tendency, yeah. but like, what would your advice be, I guess, to somebody like, how do you find places that are, or people that are outside? Yeah, I would say the Trauma Informed Educators Network podcast. So I love Matthew Portel and his work that he's doing, but that, that Facebook group has a lot of good networking within it. Um, I'm in uh, Dr. Lori's uh, Applied Educational Neuroscience cohort. It's a whole group of people that are about the neuroscience practices. So that's been a good way to network with people. Um, start following, um, you know, Dr. Lori, uh, Matthew Portel. I love James Moffat. Um, start following some of those people on Facebook groups and there'll yeah. be conferences that they'll be hosting. A lot of them are webinars or you can go in person and connect and network with people. And that is so, you need to do that for yourself to inspire yourself to come back because you need to surround yourself with people that are doing the work outside yeah. of your little, cause it seems so small sometimes. Like it's just, I'm doing this in this, these four walls, but this is happening all across the country and there's people everywhere that are doing this work. And I'm hoping this podcast helps start connecting and networking people as well. Yeah. Cause that's been, I think vital to like feeling like refreshed and getting new ideas and staying in the course. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's really important. That idea that, that you have to keep coming back and keep um, realizing that you're not alone. I think that's such a, to me, I think that's the thing that I see from people the most is that it, when you're on an island and you're just kind of stuck and you feel like you don't know what to do next or you mm. feel like you're just getting beat down by whatever it is, like you don't feel like the progress is quick enough or you don't feel mm. like people are on board or you feel like people are, <laughs> you're very aware people are actively not on board or whatever it might be. I think it can yeah. be really, um, it can be really easy like you said earlier, just to kind of quit or to go back to what was, what was easy before that is more band-aid-ish, you know, yeah. kind of, kind of, um, actions. And that's not what you want to do, but you have to have people we're built. All of us are built to have like community and be in community and that's how mm. we grow and that's how we operate. And so if you have yourself just isolated, it's not going to work. You're not gonna be able to do it. Like you just yeah. won't. I mean, maybe somebody out there could, but I'm going to go on a limb and say, I don't think you can actually, I think you have to have a group of people that yeah. you can go to, even if they're not the people that are in your building, even if they're not the people yeah. in your district, but that can support you. Yeah, I 100% agree. And there's so many days I think you've walked into my office and I'm like, I quit. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, this is so hard. And I think if you didn't weather that, that storm or like be and talk up and be that co-regulator because it's, it is so hard to get the feedback or you're like, hey, we've already taught that. Why are people not getting it? Yeah. yeah, adults are no different than kids. They have to go back and it's like realizing you have to go back and reteach and then you're going to bring on more people each time. 
Yeah. So it's not going to be a quick, like we talked about, it's not quick PD, right? Yeah. So you've got, it's, it's little, not. and each time you'll get somebody else on board and it's just going to, it's, it takes years and shift. And I think starting to listen and notice those like mid-level adopters, yeah. they're going to come on board and like really circle yourself around those early adopters that are bought in and like build that positive network and community because you're going to need them when the late adopters <laughs> sure. come in and s- criticize the whole process because they just don't understand it yeah. yet. And those mid adopters, I think, and especially, and we, I'm sure we'll repeat this so many times, but in education, I think we get really used to whatever the next thing is that comes along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, this is just a flash in the pan. It's not really something that's going to last. So why would I would put myself in that category? Really? Yeah. Like, why would I go all in on this if it's just going to go away in a year and a half? You know, so I always kind of tend to be a person that waits and sees. And so I think as you're doing this work, if you're, it's easy to know that, like whatever you listen to a podcast and it's easy to hear somebody say that and be like, oh, okay. But like when you're seven months into the year and a half and you're thinking it's still just these two people that are the early adopters. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think anybody else is going to jump on board because it's easy to say seven months. It's easy to read seven months, whatever. When you're actually living seven months or living a year and a half or whatever it happens to be, like it's actually really a long time. I mean, and that can, it's just a lot to try to, to try to, um, Again, weather, I guess. Yeah. And I think you, I have to keep reminding myself on the times that I'm like, okay, I quit. This is really hard. I thought I was emotionally stronger than this. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself of why I'm doing it because I have to keep like going back to that why and your purpose and that if you quit, there will be no voice for the kids. Yeah. Nothing will ever shift if I don't start implementing that whole idea of the butterfly effect. Yeah. If I don't start getting things going in my own community. Now, how do you think you do you think that for you it was like you had this this why was already there and then you started working in this framework or you think you kind of heard about some of this work and were like, "Oh, this makes a lot of sense." I need to figure out why this is important to me. Which do you think yeah. came first for like kind of a chicken and the egg question? Yeah, I think I always kind of practiced in this way, like education, like professionally, I, those belief systems were always there. Didn't really understand, um, maybe why, um, neuroscience, why, why, what I was doing was working. Yeah. But I think a couple of things happened for me was I became a parent of a child that needed like a plan B and C sometimes. Right. So a lot of work and research personally from my own home life. And then two, I think the pandemic hit and we saw this huge crumble within our education system and people just not okay. Yeah. So seeing that impact and then, um, you know, I had a really great friend who does great work and she, like her and I just started talking about things. I met you and then things just started, like light bulbs went off and I was like, this is what we need to be doing. Yeah. I'm seeing like, this is the work that it's going to matter long-term. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, again, some of my background was just a little different enough. I think that I was really around, um, t- just some people that were in really crappy, tough situations. And, um, really for most of my career, by the time kids got to the, to the school I started off at, like they had lost families and lost all hope. And, uh, you know, I think one of the more extreme examples, but like, I always think back, there was like a family that came in and I was helping run this meeting and this kid's a kindergartner, first grader. I can't remember. He's, he was young though. And I remember this parent saying, um, you know, at this point, I feel like the only thing that's going to help this kid is to go, my, my son is to go to jail. He's just got to go to jail mm-hmm. and learn. And I was like, oh, he's like seven. Yeah. 
but like, and that wasn't like a, this parent's like a jerk or an awful parent. That was like, that was what she believed at this point yeah. based off of all the interactions she had had with the education system and the schools and the district that they happened to be in. And I remember thinking in that time, I was like, man, I was, this is what people really have. And as I started talking to parents a lot more, that's what I really realized is that like people have lost hope. Um, and, it, and as a parent, right, you know, like it doesn't take much for you to be rattled and to think, is this, you know, is my kid going to be okay? And so if you're sitting in meetings or you're getting, you're getting calls three days a week from the school, or you're constantly getting a note about how your kid's not doing well, or you're constantly getting whatever the next thing is from the school and from, you know, from the, the whatever sports team they have to be a part of or whatever club they happen to be a part of, then like you start to believe like there's not really any hope. And I just, I think I always fell back on that. Like people need to have hope restored to themselves. And the only way to do that is to show that there's a place that's steady and that's okay. And that it's like their their kid belongs. And without judgment, right? Because nobody intentionally comes and, you know, says my kid's having all these issues. And now I just, I'm living it every day at home. So please call me and tell me more about how my kid's misbehaving. That's always one of the things (laughs) that we talk about where people are like, well, I'm going to call, which not saying that people shouldn't call parents or like keep parents informed or anything like that. But again, especially like historically throughout my career, there have been people that are like, well, I'm going to call their parent and do whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, if their parent had an answer, yeah. their kid probably wouldn't be in some of these more extreme places, you know, or, or might not be the kid that you knew coming up three grades ago yeah. that you were like, Oh, I hope, which is just, I mean, it's not great, but it's reality, right? Like, I hope that kid doesn't end up in my class by the time they're in whatever grade that that parent's aware. (laughs) They're not not dumb. Like they picked up on the fact that, you know, maybe their kid has some kind of issue, but they don't know how to solve it either. And so they're again, like, what do you do? You panic and you start, you start grasping at straws, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And having a more mindful approach of which I know we parents will be a whole another episode, but like just having a more mindful approach of calling on the little victories and positive things, start building those partnerships because that's part of your, how you're going to build a network and community yeah. is getting parent buy-in is getting them to understand that you're there to support them and that your approach is with kids and yeah. for, for their children. And it's, you're not, I never call as a disciplinary thing to be like, Oh, your kid's so it's, it's always like, Hey, they made a mistake and they're able to restore and repair it. And yeah. you know, we can move on. Okay. So we know why we're doing it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's important, right? You have to figure out Absolutely. why, like, yep. and that's going to be different. I right? even heard yeah. as we're talking, right. Our isn't like, I mean, that's the same kind of ideas, but it doesn't match up. Like what, what drives me when it's the hardest, isn't the same that drives you when it's the hardest, yeah. you know, those are two potentially different things. I think you have to figure out why this is important for you and, and be able to go back to that. Just like you go back to like that group of people, I think sometimes going back to just why it's important and why it's worth having the next conversation with somebody or why it's worth going down and having like awkward conversation that you need to have Mm -hmm. or why it's worth like doing the next tough thing. Like you have to have that. So where do you start? You, you know why you want to do it, right? You're trying to build this support system. Where do you, where do you start? What do you do? I think organizations, I think our previous episodes, a great place to start. I think organizations really need to start educating their, their staff about the ACE study and actually why all this work is foundationally important. 
Um, I think you can go into some of the neuroscience-based stuff, but you got to do that in small chunks. That is a lot to think and process yeah. for educators because we just didn't have the background on it before. But I think getting, I think for organizations, that's a good place to start. I think for teachers, I think a good place to start is getting networked into those Facebook groups. Listening, I think if you're listening to this podcast, it's a great place to start right now. Yeah. Um, get in, start reading some of the books and following some of the really influential people in this work, and then start listening and building your support network. I mean, go to the conferences, listen to the webinars, start educating yourself so that you can start educating others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I think that's where it's important to talk about finding a network of people first, even because you can, you can start listening to like podcasts and, and, um, you know, reading books and all that. But so often you have to be able to bounce ideas and process things mm-hmm. with people. And again, depending on who you are and what your personality is, you might have to have that. You may, you may not mm. even be able to really process without talking something through with somebody. Not yeah. everybody just sits around and internally thinks about stuff yeah. and is able, you know, able to come to like a conclusion on things. So I think doing all those things are important. I think one of the things that if I had to echo something that you just said that I would 100% echo, definitely like the small chunks if you're doing it yourself, if you're doing, if you're like learning yourself, small chunks, but also hear this, like if you're, if you're trying to help get other people on board, small chunks, right? Yeah. Because teachers have a ton going on. There's a ton happening. And so in the course of, um, just any given week to try to hit somebody with like, let's have this really intense, deep conversation mm-hmm. about, something that's really tough for a lot of teachers, like, you know, behavior and trauma and all this. And it's heavy because then our own stuff comes along with it. Yeah. Man, you have to hit people with small chunks and expect that that's all that they can, they can take in at once and then take breaks from talking about it. Right. It doesn't have to be like the whole thing all the time. And the only thing that gets talked about and pick your moments, pick moments to like talk to people about it. But for you, like yourself, I think you have to, you know, again, do it, like digest it, and then really like see how it applies to what you're doing every day. That's for me. That's that's like the thing that I feel like grew me the most early on was like, okay, now I'm like learning something. I think this is why I think this is what I did before I think worked. Now let me see if that really holds true. Like, did what I do before actually work? Or did I need to shift it some? Or is that real? You know, did I make that up that it worked because it was easy or whatever? But now I know whatever it is, whatever concept it is that I just learned about. Let me see how this applies or let me try it a little different than I did before and tweak this thing. I mean, you have to do that. You can't just expect that you're going to know all of it. Yeah. And right? it, it, oh, it's so, it's so big, right? Yeah. But I, I think if you're a building leader, organizational leader, I think circling like what you said, a study, a little bit of the educational neuroscience, just to give some people some real application, I think yes. yeah. the the relate reason regulate right the whole building that framework very simple for people to understand the power of relationships and connection um if you, obviously bruce perry's work influences a lot of that but a lot of the other type things surround around his work i mean so i think if you don't know about bruce perry's work i think that's a great place to start in, in very simple terms of yeah. like why how the brain is ordered when you talk about bottom and top stuff if you're going to teach your staff about something um, I think his book, What Happened to You, is a great place to start. It's very easy to listen to. Great book study if you're not an, a leader in your building and you want to start a little community. Yeah. That's a great book study to start with. Um, but I think building that 
that whole organizational piece and teaching through that framework, but then going back and talking about the application piece is really huge. Um, Dr. Clay Cook has, we're, our staff's getting ready to jump into the EMR playbook, establish, maintain, what's, restore. What's EMR stand for? Establish, maintain, restore. It's the relationship practices. <laughs> do you want me to, do you want me to ask you what yeah. stuff means a lot right it, after you tell me what yes, it means? Yes, yes. Would that be helpful? <laughs> yeah, that'd be helpful. I feel do like that. that'd be helpful. Yeah. yeah. I'll see if I can do that more <laughs> okay. during the course Thanks. of this. <laughs> But that his playbook, it, it talks. It's all relationship practices. We talk about the the big idea of relationships. What are relationships, right? And I think um, maybe one day we'll just record Justin doing his presentation of this because <laughs> I think you do it well. That'd be an awesome webinar to do. But like explaining and breaking down this this big idea of relationships because I think everyone thinks they do it well and it's really hard. Yeah. Which will probably I know we're going to talk about it in future episodes, but. Yeah, it, but just building, getting some frameworks together to help build the idea and teaching your your staff about regulation versus co-regulation and um, just building some vocabulary. I think are great places to start if you're going to start um, and start small. Um, I love the book The Rabbit Listened. We use that one a lot as yeah. a model for co-regulation, just for some like real stuff for people to go look up and try. Um, that's a good one to teach co-regulation what that could look like, and it's a simple children's book, but it's awesome to teach that concept. Okay, so now we're down to, like, we're getting started. Uh, we're starting this work in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. The reality is there's obstacles you're going to come up against. Yep. And the reality is there's obstacles that we've come up against various times and that we've had friends of ours that we know have come up against at various points. Mm -hmm. What I think it's important to talk about what some of those obstacles are. I mean, it's not fun, necessarily, yeah. and it's potentially... I guess awkward, but like, I think we yeah. have to be people, people have to know, cause it's not going to just be like real smooth and everybody's going to be like, yeah, it's great. Like, so yeah. what are obstacles that you feel like people are going to run into? Uh, I think it's very vulnerable work that, so you have to, you're opening yourself up for criticism and judgment and it will come. It's going to come. <laughs> so it's so, going to be fun for me. This part of the conversation is going to be fun for me because it, I think like what we say is going to be potentially different based a little bit on our personalities, as yeah. well, which is interesting, which I think is good to point and out. And this is why th this works for us because you don't take things. I take things very, um, I come off much tougher, I think, but I am more sensitive <laughs> and I take things and, or I think you're more sensitive, but don't, that nothing like this bothers you where I take the personal, like the judgment and because you need feedback. You need yeah. feedback from people to see where they're at so you know where we need to go yeah, back. And absolutely. Don't pretend like – yeah, don't avoid feedback and pretend like it's yeah. all just working well because that just – that really silences anybody's ability to feel like they can either disagree or ask questions. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's – part that I don't want to hear, it's but <laughs> it's super hard, but I think you're really good at being like, we know we need to like survey the staff. Let's get feedback with people. Let's go have that. People need to know that you're okay with having a like a professional disagreement in a conversation yeah. and you have to prepare yourself a how to listen and support people in those moments and yeah. then not trying to change them then, but like know where you need to coach through those moments yeah. to get them to those spots. So I think that's going to be, you know, as you're living in a community, not everybody is always on board all the time. Yeah. So Yeah, you're opening yourself up to be hurt, right? I mean, yeah. that's what it is. I yeah. mean, being vulnerable, that's always like the definition that's always interesting to me is being open to the idea of being hurt in some way. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I was also thinking like uh, administration, like if you're a teacher or mm, even a, yeah. like a building level, if you don't have – you potentially could run into not being supported and then you have to work through that. Yeah. 
that that piece. Not not everybody understands this practice, no matter where you are. And I think some communities are further along or further invested. I've seen the journey within our own and how we've really come along to this practice and idea. But you're going to be in communities where people are like, why why are they not being expelled or why are we not corporal punishing or yeah. why are we not shaming this kid in front of everybody? You know, <laughs> sure. there's going to be people that don't understand. Sure. At the shifts, and yeah. you're gonna, you could have administration or community feedback that's not on board until you start building capacity for them to understand too. Yeah, yeah. There's often, yeah, there's definitely a misunderstanding of what stuff means a lot, and that's not because people are not smart or they don't, they don't, they just don't know enough yet, mm-hmm. and so they really quickly get into a spot where they can misunderstand what's being said. I, I will watch that. I misunderstood stuff that was being said. I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. real early on. And so I think you have to have patience with people. You know, I think that's really part of it. And I think in education in general, and I tend to say this a lot too, so I probably won't be the only time I say it. We're so used to trainings being like, and, and the way we learn new things being like a plus B equals C. You know, I just went through a big reading training and it's like, you say this thing, then you say this thing. I mean, it's like a book full of scripts. Like you can literally just read out of the book, the scripts. And then like, when you get done, kids know how to read. And like, it's actually super effective. Like it's a really effective, like reading program. Brain research based. Yeah. Yeah. Works well. Right. But that's what we're used to. We're used to somebody handing us a book saying, you follow the script. If you do these things, this is what you're going to get. And this does not work that way. Like this isn't how any of any of this world works. And so what's hard about that for teachers is there's a lot of ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And so as they start hearing things and start getting trained, you get a lot of questions like, but what am I, what am I supposed to do in this specific situation? And there is not a, there's not a right or wrong answer necessarily in every specific situation because there's so many factors, a hundred different factors. It's not just if this kid doesn't know how to read digraphs, what do I do? Okay, well, you go to the digraph section and you start working on that. Like if this kid doesn't know how to add double digit numbers, you go, oh, there's a chapter on that and you go find that and you play these games yeah. and that's how it is. That's not how this works. Like it's no. different than that because there are so many different factors. And so it's hard for teachers. It takes longer for teachers to buy in because you don't see like the exact this plus this equals this. And I think you have to understand that and be okay with that. If you're one of the people that's trying and and also give yourself grace, if you're just starting all of this learning yourself, understand that, my gosh, we're still constantly learning stuff. We're by no means the experts on any of this and it takes time and you're always learning a new thing and adjusting. But I think that's one of the biggest obstacles is this is kind of like a way, like a lens that you see through and a way of thinking. And that's hard to train people on. And it's hard to change how you look and how you think about things. That takes more time than just learning a script of how to do something. Yeah. I love what you said about give yourself grace because at no point are you ever going to be the expert. Yeah, sure. Like this research is changing. It's coming out all the time. Um, you, you will not be perfect. We are not perfect. I, I think we question and reflect, but the important part yeah. is that you stop and have those, have a person to have the conversation with, yeah. to be reflective. Yes, because have if you, that community. Yeah. yeah, have that community because if you're not reflective, you will never have growth yeah. and you have to grow yourself, but that comes through reflection, which is sometimes hard to do. And I think we handle situations all the time as part of our like daily debriefing. Like I did that and that was probably definitely the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And if this would yeah. happen again, I'm going to... This is what I said. 
I was not in the right place. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That, yeah. that is not what I should have said, or that's not how we should have responded, or yeah. let's like regroup and think about if this happens again, how, but you have to start building your toolbox, right? Like you yes. experience builds toolboxes. That's why I think our year, first year teacher struggle, right? You don't have a toolbox yet. Yeah. Or people that haven't worked with this population of kids, they don't have a toolbox yet. So you have to realize when you're going in and you're the, you're coming in as like the expert, You've got a bag full of tools and people have you start building their things that they've ridden out that storm and built resiliency with that kid, but they have to do it to start building tools. Yeah. And you do it. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was in a training, um, this is a couple years ago now, but it was uh, with some people that are really kind of leading the way on some of this stuff and uh, how like just the neuroscience and things like that. And one of the comments as they were talking about like how to implement it in schools yeah. was, well, really, really, we don't know. We're building the plane as we fly it still. And so I think that's important to know, too, is like even the people that kind of know the most, nobody's really perfected how to implement this and how to train this in a school or in a district. Everybody's still just they're still trying to figure that out. But if you let that just stop you, then you're not going to make any progress. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think start, but understand like, there's no, like somehow there's not this right answer out there that you're missing specifically. Yeah. Um, you have to be willing to like work through that and do, do the next thing that you feel like is the best thing to do and, yeah. uh, and kind of go from there. It's really establishing that resiliency within yourself Yeah. to be okay with failure. Yeah. And I think that is really the mindset to go in. You are going to fail and that's okay. If there's one thing we want you to hear. <laughs> You're going you're to a fa- fail. You're a failure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Like if yeah, things are no, not going to go as anticipated or whatever. And you have to build the resiliency that, and it's hard sometimes to come back and try again. Yeah. Because I just put myself in that really vote and that that's hard. <laughs> I put myself in a vulnerable <laughs> situation. <laughs> I got hurt. Yeah. And now what? I'm just going to go do it again. Like nobody likes that. Yeah. It's but that's, that's how we're going to overcome and, and yeah. ride this through is building that resiliency within ourselves. All right. It's time. It's time. Maybe, maybe past time. I don't oh, know. Oh, geez. Okay. What do we want people <laughs> to walk away with? If we, what do you, if you, like yeah. this whole conversation, what is like the one thing you want people to walk away with? Um, yeah. I feel like you have to build a network. Go find your person. Yeah. Uh, I'm very lucky that I have people uh, that have supported me and encouraged me through this work. And we've seen good positive impact through this but you have to keep continuing to educate yourself so that you can explain or talk things through with people and ultimately remember your why it's it's for the it's if you're really about the kids and that's why you're here stay steady through the storm but you will need a support network you cannot this work cannot be done alone yeah because it's hard yeah i think for me that's i think I think it's telling that our, what, what do you yeah. want people to walk away with is basically the same thing. Yeah. Like you're not alone. I think that's what I want people to walk away knowing. Yeah. Like you're not alone, right? You're, you've got people that are out there that are doing this work as well. They may not be right next to you, but you're not alone. So go find those people, find some support network, reach out to us in some way and yeah, have definitely. us try to help you out in some way, you know, like, but you're not on your own. You're not on an Island and the, the work that you're doing and the stuff that you're learning is important and keep trying to improve yourself. I like what you said, like you're gonna, you're gonna have failures, but if you're here, if you're wise about the kids, then we should all be willing to at least examine ourselves and be willing to adjust. I think 
the vast majority of teachers are like that. So give people time. They may not just be ready to adjust at the same rate that maybe you had been ready to adjust. But not very often do I find somebody that's like, I refuse to adjust and I refuse to question if I'm doing the right thing or if I'm if I could be doing something better. So keep that in mind. Um, I, I was yeah, going to say, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I just think that right now we're in a spot. We're going to look back on this in 20 years where we're going to see, this is going to go down in the history books of a movement that's starting that has influenced and changed education. Yeah. As we've seen education evolved, we are in the midst of like a movement to change kids. So that part's exciting that we it is. like you're getting on board to change and impact education. It's, it's going to be different in 20 yeah. years because of the groundwork that you're doing right now. Yeah. But it's intimidating. Yeah. It can be hard. It is going to be hard and yeah. it's going to take it out of you sometimes. So again, yeah. have that network. You're not alone. Uh, you it's got okay, people. Around. It's okay to cry, right? It's okay I don't to cry. Know. It's I'm okay figuring to cry. that. I'm, I'm figuring yeah, that out. Yeah, it's not really either of our moves, but um, <laughs> but it's okay if you do. If that is your move, like it's probably healthier if you do, <laughs> as opposed to not. Don't take yeah. that. Don't take our cue on that one. Yeah. Uh, as always, we just really appreciate yeah. that you guys are a part of the conversation. Keep keep joining us. Uh, yeah. Keep uh, talking. Keep asking us questions. Uh, keep giving us insight into what we're doing. Again, we'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear your questions. And and again, just to have you be a part of the conversation. Now, yeah. let's go on out and do the work. Do the work. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Let's keep the conversation going. Like and subscribe below and keep the comments rolling.